0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Very special thank you to Rabbi Yachnis for setting everything up so beautifully. Even though we're in the classroom this morning, it doesn't even feel like it. The topic this morning is, what's the score? A Torah viewpoint on watching and following sports. I'd like to preface with one brief idea. When you think of the different times in life that we get very emotional, or very passionate about something. So for men, there are usually only two good excuses, either when somebody passes away, lo aleinu, or when a particular team wins the NBA finals. Then you're allowed to cry. Besides that, that we don't really get too emotional. But what's a little bit scary is when you think about it, what has the greatest impact on me, my family, what my children are seeing? It's when I get really into something, when I get enthusiastic, then everyone looks at me, my kids, my wife, or my husband, and they get that sense, this is important. This is something worth getting excited over. And then we ask ourselves the question, the amount of enthusiasm that I express or that I share as I'm watching the football game, if it's yelling at the screen, no, what do you say, it's a bad call, that was that was a bad call. Or someone scores a touchdown, you know, you're throwing things, and, yeah, yeah. How often do we get anywhere close to that level of enthusiasm Regarding anything in life that's truly important Usually the answer is not that often So we got to be super careful, especially with children One thing to enjoy a hobby together to watch a game together But if they're getting the message that you're more passionate and enthusiastic about football than you are about Torah or about a particular Godel Subconsciously they're, they're absorbing that idea I'm not as excited to hear about a great person in Torah as I am to watch an interview with some 22-year-old kid after winning a basketball game. So that could be a major problem. I want to focus on a couple different things. Uh, First off, going to to sporting events, going to a basketball game, a football game, baseball, or other types of events like going to a circus or the theater. Um, And then I'd like to get into, briefly, the the issue of uh, praising the non-Jewish world or their accomplishments. So first off, we have the pasuk in Tehillim: Ashrei Yishe Shelohalech Baatzas Rishoyim V'Adar Chataim Lo Amor V'Moshev Leitzim Lo Yashuv. Praiseworthy is the man who does not go in the way of the Rishoyim. Amma does not stand in the way of those who are mistaken. He does not sit in a group of scorners. So the Gemara of Ad-Azara quotes that pasuk in reference to the following. The person goes to the stadium. And he sees there the... Magicians, Vesa the people who are doing tricks with snakes, Bodkin, U Mokdin, Molin Lulin, Sagulin, different types of uh, clowns and gestures. So that's a violation of Moshev Latzim. That's considered that you're you're sitting with those who mock. And regarding those people, David Amalach writes, ashrei Isha shelu Moshe leitzim lo yosho. Rather, what should our focus be? So the end of the Pasuk is, Ki'im Hashem yom But my desire should be in the Torah of Hashem, and I should engage in learning day and night. The Gemara says, So we could learn that these types of things, going to the stadium, and watching these performers, that brings one to Bitl Torah, From neglecting Torah study. So question, off the bat, what does the Gemara mean it brings one to Bitl Torah? If you're telling me going to a basketball game is Bitl Torah, so just tell me it's Bitl Torah. What does the Gemara mean? It will bring you to neglect Torah. Let's keep that on the back burner. The Gemara continues a little bit further down. This is four lines to the bottom. Don't go to the circus because they have people collecting for a Vodazara. And if you go there, it looks like you're participating in whatever that is. And that's Remeyer. The Chamom are of the opinion. If you go to a place where you have all these people collecting for a non-Jewish cause, for some form of a, a Vodazorah, then you can't go there because people might assume you're part of that. If you're going to a place where you don't have that problem, there's still a different issue, which is You can't go to a circus, as the Gemara, because that's in violation of Moshe of Leitzim, that's considered that I'm sitting amongst the scorners. Now, what exactly do they do at these stadiums? In the times of, uh, of Rome, they were the ones to create the amphitheater, the Colosseum, and what they had. You have uh, the gladiators fighting to death. You had animals fighting each other, or you had animals versus people. Rashi says here, it's Tadinin." It's a place where they incite the the bulls, to gore. What is the karkom? It's also a type of stadium, and they do things there that are in the category of So off the bat, we have one question. Why does the Gemara say going to the stadium will cause Bittor Torah? It should have just said, that is Bithot Torah. Another thing to ponder is that the way Rashi is interpreting these different places, could one make a distinction and say, obviously, going to a, a gladiator fight and everyone's cheering when we watch one human being destroy another human being or we you see uh, the bull trying to gore a person or a person trying to kill an animal. So obviously, that's Moshe of Leitzin. That's disgusting. But you could argue, going to an NBA final game... That might be some level of Kedusha.
1: <laughs> that might
0: be a whole different realm. <laughs> and, and, and it might depend who's playing. Boxing. Boxing, or, or nowadays the big thing is? MMA. MMA, as it is? MMA? What does that stand for? Mixed martial arts. They want to kill each other. Right. So I want to jump to an interesting source that I found a little while back. Jump to number 11 for a second. <clears throat> Mincha, before Mincha, we're doing Sefer Shmuel. We're up to uh, the ninth parak. This is a little bit further on in the 17th parak of Sefer Shmuel. <clears throat> it says that the uh, Yishma Aliyev Achiv Godol, that Aliyev was the oldest brother of David Melech. And uh, he hears that his little brother is by the battlefield. And he got angry at David. Why have you come down here? So Eliab says to David, why did you uh, leave the sheep? I know that you're impetuous. I know the evil of your heart. Why are you here? Laman ra'os You're here to see the war. So says the Metsudas David, Laman ra'os le'his aneg Aliyah was accusing David that you're here for entertainment. You're not fighting. You're not a soldier. You're here because you want to see them kill each other. That's disgusting. So I think from this and perhaps from basic seichel, you could argue that when you're watching a hockey game, for example, and I'm just looking forward to when the guy takes off his mask and he begins to devour the other human being. So that's probably not a good thing to be involved with. Boxing, MMA, when I'm getting pleasure from seeing two human beings destroy each other, that Lahora would be in the category of the criticism that Aliyah was giving to David. It happens to be, in that case, Aliyah was wrong. David was not coming to watch the Muhammad. He was coming, actually, to save the day. But still, we have the question of, we'll call it normative sports, football, basketball, baseball, golf. That's not really in the category of sport, though. It doesn't count.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: fighting words. <laughs> Let's take a quick look at Ramosha number four, back on page one. So Ramosha speaks about the issue of going to sporting events. He says regarding the theaters. Khok, where they put on a performance there. or the stadium, Makomus mechaskin sport, places where they play sports. Lo The question was, are you in violation of emulating the non-Jewish ways by attending one of those events? And Ramos says, no. Why not? Only time where you could be in violation of emulating the non-Jewish ways is if you're doing something that they do for no apparent reason. And even though it's not like a, a celebration of Avodah Zorah, <laughs> Anything that the non-Jewish world does with no rationale, Anytime there's no good reason for it, then our assumption is it's based on Avodah zarah practice, and therefore we cannot participate. Skip that a little bit. This is aval kishayiked tam osin when there is a reason for what they're doing, like in the case of going to a stadium, going to the circus. And he quotes the Gemara Nevo So there, there might be an issue of leitzanas of being in a crowd of, of scorners, but leka miseb bizeb mishum Nevo mitzad leitzanas. So Moshe throws this line in that even though it's a problem based on the leitzanas factor. Just to, briefly, we've defined this before, but to keep in mind, what is the definition of leitzonis? Clowns.
1: Leitzonis mm Mockery.
0: Mockery. But how would you define that in a sentence? Right. There are two things. There's schok and leitzonis. Now schok, if there's too much and it's unbridled, that can be dangerous. Like the Mishnah in Perkyovo says, that zchok v'kalus rosh, marginally erva, it can bring one to immoral uh, actions. However, the Mishnah also says that zchok is one of the forty-eight ways to acquire the Torah. So you have to be able to be silly once in a while. That's okay. That has its place. Late Sonas, though, is something totally different, and there's no place for late Sonas. Definition of late Sonas is making fun of something that should be taken seriously. Making light of something that should be viewed with COVID-Rosh. That's Leitzanus. So Moshe is saying going to a sports game is not a violation of but you still have the other problem of Leitzanus. And then he adds in I'm not only being mevat Torah while I'm there for the three or four hours, but I'm actually causing myself to be removed from the Torah. Now, where does he get that from? Likely it's from his observations in life, but it's also from the Gemara. We pointed out the Gemara doesn't say that while well, you're there, you're being Toro. the Gemara says, <laughs> So it sounds like your emotions understanding the Gemara to mean these types of activities, they may be totally fine and permissible, or there may be a valid excuse why it's not b'vatotorah right now. We need an outlet, we have to have something to do, and this is probably the most kosher thing we could find, the main concern is getting too involved in that world may create a bittul Torah long term. Let's just conclude the tshuva here towards the end. Nice having the disco music in the
1: background.
0: <laughs> 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 His conclusion is: you're not a violation of emulating the non-Jewish ways. Ella me of the Torah. The issue is leitzanus and neglective Torah. Now, he adds another line here. He says, there's another factor to consider. When you go to these events, the culture, the energy, the cheerleaders, it's not just good old-fashioned baseball. You're entering into a culture that on a subtle level, and sometimes not so subtle, could be Megara, could draw the Yeatsah I remember, remember Goldstein made the point with the, uh, the sports cards. If you look back to the 1960s, uh, you know, a baseball card of Mickey Mantle standing there with his baseball bat behind his back, with a smile, shirt tucked in. Then you fast forward to 2017, you know. Have a football card of some massive human being with tattoos and every part of his body in dreadlocks. <laughs> it's a whole different picture. What world am I a part of? So, those are the points that our motion makes. It's not Hukoseim los it is late Sonos, and it leads to the Torah. And there's another issue potentially of getting swept into a culture um, that's really the antithesis of what the Jews should be striving for.
1: Okay.
0: Want to quickly see, we're not going to read everything together, but Cook has an interesting piece in the Oros where he speaks about uh, young men playing sports. This was probably in the 1920s in Eretz Israel. Um, he was discussing the issue of organized sports, and he took a positive spin. He writes that. Uh, the sports that Tzaira Oskimbab Oskim Bob Eretz the young men are involved with in Eretz Yisrael, is gufam bishvilios bandim emitze kovach right to strengthen their bodies in order to have the strength to uh, to build the land. So he says, this is really HaKoach ruchani shel tzadikim oskim maoskim biyichudim shel shemus kedoshim laharbos Havlota soora lokei b'olam. This can increase the godly light in the world. He says, through these actions, they're strengthening their body to build the land. And then the second paragraph, he says, and don't ask the question. Don't be uh, shocked by the fact You might look at these people and look at their lifestyle and you'll say, these are not all role models. They're not Shomer Torah Mitzvos. Many of them are secular Zionists. The people who are getting strong, playing sports and building the land and draining the swamps, uh, they're not necessarily show shemis arvimba. Sort of Cook says in really his famous approach, yeah, okay, sometimes even the Kedusha and the light needs to be filtered and you do have some tumor that it has to pierce through. But it doesn't mean to put down the whole institution. These young men are doing a lot for Klal Yisrael. Why did the Kodesh Baruch Hu choose these young men over Shomer Torah Mitzvos? Ich weiß nicht, but it'll be good. So he's addressing two things. Number one is playing organized sports, and obviously he's tying it into the building of the Medina of creating Eretz Yisrael. Reb Yosef Chayin Sonnenfeld, a contemporary of Reb Kook, almost 20 years his senior, this is on page number two. On the bottom here is a nice picture of Cook and Rav Zodinfeld. He together with other Rabbanim, put out Hazara Khamurah, a very severe warning. May Hagonim Shlita Roshe I'll read you a couple lines here. He starts off by saying, Our eyes have been darkened and our souls have been depressed, seeing the pritzos of our nation, people involved in schok and holulus, playing kadur regl, football. But real football we know is soccer. The Rabbi Munday Nurim Koshlu Vinilkadu Bapach Yuksham Lavakir Gamhe Mas and the And we have many of the youth also falling into this trap, going to the sporting events to see and to uh to be entertained through it. Skip down a paragraph, underline. Bahunaseno harabim Nim Tsoim Toim Ha go'shevem sheta'tuim ke'elo and he says and sadly we have people who are mistaken not mentioning any names but clearly referring to somebody no gutselon lebin ne'umah who are of the opinion that it's necessary for the building of the nation and the land ulam kol ha'mamim b'divrei torah kedosha yodeya sh'lo bachaya v'lo bachoa chnoshi noshe Says Reb Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, anyone who believes in Torah philosophy realizes that we will not build the land of the nation through our own strength and prowess. The main focus has to be strengthening ourselves in Torah and in the Vodos Hashem. That will bring the ge'ula that we've all been yearning for. <clears throat> Let's skip a little bit towards the bottom. He says, All those people who go and have fun with this mischak, with Kadur Regal, they will not be Zoha to have the real enjoyment of the Gulu. And then he concludes in the bold, With the power invested in me. Power of the Torah. I am proclaiming an iser gomer v'chamer, a severe restriction, kol adem Yisrael, on all Jews. liros mischachze shel Don't go to those games. Don't participate in the soccer. And he concludes by saying, "V'choveh Kedosha motelas al ovos v'yamos lahazir es b'neihim And it's a sanctified. Obligation on parents to be careful for their children, their sons and daughters, lashkiyah to be watching over them. with a careful eye So what time is, is, is the party today? What time is that?: What are we serving? It's a, it's a little bit complicated to derive anything from this mach locus between Rav Cook and Rav Yosef Chaim Sonnenfeld, because there's clearly a lot going on, a lot of baggage, a lot of other factors here. I'm sure if we were to ask Rav Yosef Chaim Sonnenfeld himself, is it a good outlet? Would it be something healthy and productive to take my son to the football game, he would probably say no. I'm not sure he would have this level of charifus of though, there's a lot tied in here with the building of the Medina and a focus that he felt was leading people in the wrong direction. So it could be a lot of the Isser Gomer Vachomer was him addressing a broader issue of Kalal Yisrael and especially the youth being led or being enticed by the more secular world. Al nevertheless, we do see different views regarding the uh, playing and the attending of these sporting events. Um, As our time is short here, let's jump to... Let's jump to page 4, source number 12. So we have one issue that the Gemara speaks about, which is Moshe of Leitzim. The second real halachic concern when it comes to following sports and watching sports is an issue that we've spoken about before, which is... Anybody remember this one? At the end of Parshas of it speaks about not showing favor, or not showing grace to the non-Jewish world. And the Gemoran of Oduzarah says, it's referring to three things. One of those three things is not praising them or speaking highly of their accomplishments. And what's the basic rationale behind that? It's not because they're icky. It's because we're concerned, the Kodesh Baruch Hu was concerned, that if we speak too much about the non-Jewish world and their heroes, uh, we'll be swept away by that culture. So the Rambam passing in source number 13 It's also to speak about their praise. A kamba na over Even to say wow, he is unbelievable. 6 foot 3 210 that man is like a, he's an amazing athlete and for sure to speak about praise of their actions, or to to speak fondly about something they 're involved with but if your intent as you 're praising this person or their accomplishments is to actually express to Hashem for creating such a wonder, that would be permissible. So putting aside that exception, I'm not sure how often we do that. But when it comes to idolizing sports players, when it comes to having my 14-year-old son have posters in his room of LeBron James and other famous athletes, they might be wonderful people, but uh, that does sound like it's bordering on this Isser of Lo Sechanim. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: so the truth is I wanted to mention that, <laughs> that that there is a wonderful industry you know the kosher lamp, the kosher toothbrush the kosher we should poster. invent the kosher poster <laughs> thank you for LeBron James <laughs> I, want a, I want some of
1: those <laughs>
0: Now that's interesting because we're talking about a Cook. I want to share with you another piece from Cook who speaks about this, this issue of lo Sahane And he does present a, an interesting angle <coughs> that could be a heter sometimes. If you ever seen one of those motivational videos, or not to mention movies, but what was one of the most motivational movies of all time, going back 35 years? Rudy comes to mind. I never saw that myself, but I've heard that's very inspirational. What else? Rocky. Right. I think if you ask most Americans what's the most inspirational movie over the last thirty-five years, they'd probably say Rocky Balboa, and then the theme song comes to mind, and you picture him jogging in Philadelphia with a hood on, and drinking raw eggs for breakfast. <laughs> Every motivational. I'm, crying. I'm, crying here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're all somewhat nostalgic, right? Oh, we're so mushba, so influenced by the outside world. But if you look at any motion of a motivational video or speaker, often they'll bring in uh, Michael Jordan woke up every day at five o'clock in the morning. He was shooting free throws for four and a half hours before eating breakfast. Kobe Bryant, what made him so great, obviously, there's natural talent, but there's also a whole lot of work. He was the first one in the gym, he was the last one to leave, and you have the motivational music in the background, and then you see the guy practicing the boxing, and that moves us, that inspires us. Now, it's a little bit sad that inspiration is limited to that world of pure Gashmias. You know, someone trains their whole life for the Olympics... And they can make a whole beautiful documentary about ever since she was three years old, she had her coach you know, in gymnastics, abusing her, I mean, training with her. And, you know. and then she finally made it, and she, and she sprained her ankle, but she was able to get back up, and four years later, she came back and she won the silver medal. What does this all mean? Nothing! Well, we get swept into that world. That's Ezra the Cook, source number 14. He says, uh, there's a kasha, certain times, without going to all the sources, some Gemaras seem to be okay with speaking highly of the non-Jewish world, yet we have our Gemara, Nevo that says, also, lo'adam she'am rakam and the rabban Paskins that way, like we just saw. Let's jump down. This is right in the middle of the piece. That one line, we said the exception of praising the non-Jewish world is if we're doing so to thank Hashem. So If we're doing so, not to praise the athlete or to praise the accomplishment intrinsically, but only as a form of limud umusar. musr just to take away and apply it to myself in a realm that's actually meaningful, that would be acceptable, says Rav Kook. <speaking in Hebrew> so if one gains inspiration by reading the article in the Forbes magazine about Kobe Bryant's you know, uh, work ethic, and then we say, you know what? If he could work that hard to play basketball, which objectively is meaningless... It's fun to watch, but it's meaningless. I could probably work a little bit harder in waking up on time, getting the chakras. Maybe I could learn 20 minutes in the morning before I daven. I could push myself. That, according to Rav Cook, seems to be permissible. So, interesting exception to the rule. But it's a very slippery slope, and especially when you're dealing with someone who's eight years old, it's a very slippery slope. I want to just conclude here. We have a piece from Rabbi Matazio Solomon. I want to share with you a couple of things I heard from Rabbi Lubin. Who would like to read for us number 15, Rabbi Matazio Solomon? Just uh, these three paragraphs on
1: page 4. Brad. Sports are another form of diversion that can be useful or harmful depending on how they are played a game of sports every once in a while is a good outlet for energy it is entertaining and it promotes the physical well-being of the child but here again there are two caveats one if there is an emphasis on winning and on being an outstanding athlete and an expert in playing the game then it will inevitably lead to bad meadows for both the winners and the losers if the game is played in good fun and all the children have an enjoyable time simply by playing the game in the fresh air and sunshine and getting a little exercise It is a wholesome activity. The second point is that it cannot be allowed to become obsessive. If the child wants to play the sport every free moment he has, it will have a negative effect on him. All his thoughts, when playing, when at home, when in school, will be on how he can improve his performance. But as he improves on the playing field, his midos will suffer, his learning will suffer, and his relationships will suffer.
0: I wanna make two points from this piece First off, Reb Salomon Salomon is saying it could be a very healthy thing for sure when you're playing the sports, being outside, getting exercise, uh, children and adults need that. His two concerns are, if it gets too competitive, so then that breeds bad midos, it's all about winning, it's the famous line, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, as long as you win. Right? <laughs> um, And the second concern is that if it becomes an obsession, so then that really takes the child into a whole different world, and it will have a negative impact on him. If he doesn't like competition, could one make the application to the classroom itself? Interesting observation. If we're trying to encourage kids to get into learning, and we're doing so by (coughs) writing their scores on the board, or having them fighting with each other, who's going to memorize more, who's going to know more. So even though it's not basketball or football, likely it will have that same negative impact, probably not producing good midos. Rav Mataziel Solomon said that it's interesting if you look at the, the young boys who were you know, the finalists or the winner of the Mishnayis Baal Peh. And how many Mishnayis could you memorize? And then you look at them 20 years later. How many of them became Godoli Handor? He said none, for one simple reason. Because when you create that unhealthy culture, or it's all about the competition, it's all about you winning the game, that doesn't produce greatness. So those are two caveats. Well, cancel, okay, so that's a large discussion. The Gemara says, Kina v'chachma. Now, When you're jealous of Torah scholars, that could increase your own wisdom because some level of competition could be healthy. The Marsha in that Gemara says, That's not the ideal, and likely it's not healthy. Now, the, in that context, the Gemara is talking about opening a yeshiva when there's already a yeshiva there. So it's even though we have uh, issues of a sagas if I'm opening a bakery right next to your bakery, seven-layer cake, we're still talking about that. To this day, we're still talking about the seven-layer cake. T- to this day, we're still recalling, they let us go behind the counter and pick whatever we wanted. Mabush and Shabbos, we spoke about that. And I have problems Was I there also? You were there also? I wish I remembered that. (laughs) Well, then let us do it again. I'm sure if we go back to Detroit, let's do it again. So that's a problem, because capitalism could be good. But the Torah says only to a point. When it comes to Torah, Torah is Torah. Let there be more competition. We have to become a better school. That's okay. Right. It's referring to the teachers, therefore, needing to make a better program to compete with the other yeshiva. That could be a very healthy thing. <coughs> and it's applied to kids in a school and when they're young and impressionable. Not so clear. And many people understood so sofrim that it means not that I'm jealous of you in the classic sense. The real kina is we're fighting for who knows more mishnayos. I really hope he gets run over by a car and I win. <laughs> <laughs> That's real old fashioned jealousy. a could be, I, I look at him and I see how much he's growing and accomplishing. <clears throat> you know what? I, I want to do that also. That's not real jealousy. That's a whole different thing. So I had the opportunity to speak to Rabbi Ben, Rosh Hashivin, Chayim, and a Rebbe of mine for many years. And he told me a couple of interesting points. He said, when he was in Eretz Yisrael, he went to Ravzadil Epstein, was the Shiv of Torah or, or the Mashkiach, and he was asking for the base Medrash guys, young men who are 18, 19, 20, is it okay for them to be sports fans? That was the question. Is there an Iser of Hukoseim lo Would you say there's an Iser of Leitzonus? And Ravzadil Epstein said, it's not He didn't even mention like Moshe mentioned. He didn't mention that. He said he feels that it would be okay. His main concern was something more subtle. When you really get into sports, it's very easy to start living in a dream world. It's my team and they need me. And they're, they're, they're winning partially because I'm following and cheering them on. And it's a sad thing, I, I get holiday cards sometimes. But the whole family you know, is wearing the jersey. And on one hand, it's cute, and, and that might be the only way they can connect to each other, and God bless them. But the fact that that's how we define ourselves, and for sure when it comes to kids, you, you end up living in this world of illusion. Zedel Epstein thought that was a very dangerous thing. To be a Ben Aliyah, to really be growing in Torah, you can't live in an olam mesheker He thought it was mutter. And therefore, it could be the right thing to do. But he was uh, bringing over that point. Or Ben told me when he moved to America, and he himself had boys in high school, so now he was wondering, should I encourage them to get into sports? Because whenever you're addressing any issue in Torah Hashkafa, the question always has to be, okay, so what's the alternative? If they're not doing this, what are they doing? Well, so they're hanging out at the mall with friends. They're doing all sorts of other things. So if you have a kid who, I just love playing the piano, and I could do that hours a day, and I go outside, play some ball with my friends. So then, no, don't encourage him to become a sports fan. But if your son doesn't play the piano, and he has no interest in reading, so then the question is, what other options are there for a good kosher outlet to be involved with? he told the story that of you know, they created a cheder elementary school in Yerushalayim. But the goal of that cheder was to eventually have a high school. The Sheshiva felt, though, that to have a high school without sports was a terrible thing. And he said, I'm not going to open a high school unless they have some form of sports, for a couple reasons. It was a good kosher outlet. It happens to be wonderful for biological issues, tension and stress and taiva. Being able to play and have a good time with friends is crucial. But he wasn't sure if that would be allowed in Yerushalayim. You don't have people playing in the streets of Yerushalayim, football and baseball and basketball. So he went to Rebel Yashiv, together with Rebdavichev, for those who know the name. And they asked the question, would there be any iser of having a high school with a basketball court, something they could play? And Rabbi Yoshev said, there would be no Yisr. I think you're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble because all of the zealots are going to try to take you down. But there's no iser. And Rabbi Yoshev said, if Rabbi Yoshev, the, the post had is paskining that it's mutter. I'm not concerned about the zealots. But it's an interesting idea that he would not open a high school without basketball, without some form of sports. On the other hand, I was speaking to one of the young men here for Shabbos, and he was uh, going to the Mir living in Adira somewhere in Yerushalayim, and some of the guys were playing football in the street. And one fellow walked up to them and said, Hasnit? You know, football in the streets of Yerushalayim? You know, you can't do that. So he was a little taken aback. You know, American boy, you can't play football in the streets. What are you talking about? But that's probably true. If in Yerushalayim you don't have people playing football, then there should be a level of COVID Rosh and sanctity. I'm not going to play football in the shul. It could be in the streets of Bene Brak that's similar to a place where you don't play football. It's not done. Don't be parried together. There's a story, and I haven't confirmed it, but uh, it, it seems like it could be true, that someone was asking of Shlomo Zalman regarding his son, which arm to put the tefillin on. So Shlomo Zalman Arubach asked the question, well, which arms do you throw the ball with? And the man, you know, in a proud response, said, well, my son doesn't play ball. The cheder, they don't play ball. So told HaZem said, okay, so which arm does he hit his friend with?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're not playing ball, likely they're doing that. <laughs> so when we scratched the surface over here, we saw that there is the concern of Moshe Leitzim, and it could be real bit of Torah fantasy football. Fantasy football is a wonderful example of the ultimate form of Bittl Torah, where you could spend hours and days and years putting together all the numbers and using all of your brilliance and creativity to create the perfect team and following 47 different games. Something like that, I think Ramoshe would definitely say, So if we're involved with that world, something to consider... Um, in conclusion, regarding the party this afternoon. After <coughs> right, <laughs> Mariv does Trump, there's a whole discussion, but Misa does Trump for the Super Bowl.
1: Sure, on the
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think to keep in mind that the first point we made, emotion, passion, enthusiasm, we're sending a clear message to our family and our children. What really excites me? If I'm having a good time doing this, they have to see me having a good time in learning. If they see me on my phone always checking the scores, they also have to have an image of me learning a safer at the table. When they're 68 years old and they have an image of their dad in their minds, you don't want them to be picturing their father wearing his uh, T-shirt and boxers, sitting on the couch, checking the sports. You want a picture in their minds where the guy is sitting at the table reading a safer. That's the picture you want in their minds. Have a wonderful day.